You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Welcome to another special edition COVID-19 episode of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. I am your host, Tony Lopes, and with me today is Charlotte Conroy, the Director of Marketing for Recent Communications. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? Doing good, Tony. How you doing? Yeah, hanging in, maintaining our sanity, as <laughs> as everyone can hear. Charlotte is right. dialing in. We are keeping our distance from each other, and, uh, and we're working <laughs> yes, we remotely. Are. Charlotte was our guest on episode 45, where she talked about communication solutions for business owners. Recent Communications specializes in providing business owners with great communication solutions, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So, Charlotte, tell us about how you're currently helping clients get through this COVID-19 quarantine, how you're maintaining the connectivity for businesses with communication solutions. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I, uh, I kind of giggle to myself because I'm like, all right, are one of my dogs in a bar? Uh, is my toddler going to wake up? So if I have to uh, <laughs> sneakily mute you, hopefully uh, that's not a problem. But uh, no, no, you know, I mean, we've, yeah, I mean, for us being a regional telecom partner, we do this all the time, obviously not to this extent and this extreme of having every one of our clients almost forced to work remotely. But we have a ton of clients that every day their staff is across the U.S. and even internationally. So, um, you know, we're used to being able to seamlessly provide these communication solutions for teams to collaborate, not only internally, but with their customers and partners. So I think something that we continue to do a really good job at is, you know, when we bring on a new client or have existing clients, we proactively reach out to them, collaborate and help them put together disaster recovery strategies, which include the phone solutions, right? So that includes a power outage, internet outage, you know, the buildings closed. And here we are now, people aren't even allowed to step foot in, in most of their offices. So we do a really good job at that proactively, um, but here we are now, again, forced to support all of our clients in essence work from home. So, you know, a couple of the things, you know, we're getting, my support team is getting is, hey, how do we quickly make sure that when our main phone numbers are called, clients know and are able to reach our staff? So whether that's, you know, simply changing an auto attendant message, which we've all heard, you know, you dial into a business and it introduces who they are, thanks for calling and kind of gives you some prompts to choose from. Um, So we've been doing a lot of that um, specific messaging saying, Hey, you know, our offices are closed, but our staff can still be reached. Here's a dial by name directory. And, you know, whether those prompts go to someone's cell phone, whether they go to an actual mobile app or a computer based soft phone that they're working from home, We kind of make sure that they have the tools, you know, to be reached. Um, I think another thing is making sure that, you know, we're able to quickly provide them support. So if you can imagine a 250 person, you know, nonprofit law firm is one of our clients locally in the region. They now have every single person working from home. Well, we make sure that not only their IT staff can reach us, but even their uh, employees can reach out to our team and we can handle the volume of, hey, you know, something's not working. Is this set up correctly? 
um, being able to quickly troubleshoot. Whereas, you know, the big guys, I always mention the big, huge telecom providers, sure, they have people sitting in a support queue, but you're waiting on hold for 30 minutes and repeating yourself over and over again. Um, So I would say those are kind of the highlights of how we're helping clients in this kind of crazy time. Yeah, that's great. And this is one of those occasions where having a supportive solutions partner like recent communications can really come in handy. You're not on your own. You're not left to your own devices of having to figure out, okay, what solutions are we going to be using to get over the hump here and to maintain our connectivity with our clients? And also, to your point, to maintain that quality assurance, right, that clients are still calling in, A, that the calls are even getting to the right person, but also B, that they don't feel like they've lost their communication with your your business, right? Which is so critical. If they exactly. if they call and they don't get through to you and and they're all stressing out as well. I mean, we're all in this together to your point. So right. if, if they're calling yeah. in and they're not getting through to you, you might lose a lot of business, which right now is super valuable. So it's awesome that, exactly. that you guys are doing that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it being in a sales marketing role, I have folks that, you know, they trust me, they reach out to me directly. Am I the one that's actually making these programming and system changes? No, but I'm able to quickly say, Hey, guys, here, you know, here's one of our customers, they need help immediately. And so, you know, it's definitely a team effort more than ever. Um, Our company in general is, you know, very lean, I want to say, but we have expertise and capacity to help our clients. And we've been working remotely pretty much since day one. Um, so, you know, we're, we're used to being able to, to handle all of this. Right, exactly. And you've posted on recent communications blog as well, and a blog post called Coronavirus Work Remotely with Phone Solutions that you posted on March 9th and was updated on March 10th. And it speaks to eight phone system features that will support remote working strategies. So let's talk a little bit about those, if you don't mind, how they they each function. And I'll, I'll basically, I'll call out each one because I have it in front of me on your blog. And then you can provide us with the information and the best practices for using each one of those, if that's okay. Yeah, that, no, that sounds awesome. All right, cool. So let's start with mobile apps. Mobile apps can allow your employees to make and take telephone calls, coming to and from their business phone numbers and extensions while using personal or company provided cell phones. So let's talk about some of those mobile app solutions that you help your clients use and what the best practices for using those are. Yeah, no, that's a big one, actually. So we roll out mobile apps and a lot of our customers already had them up and running, especially if they have folks that are not sitting at their desk all day, every day. Um, Maybe they work remotely as it is, or they're in sales or leadership and they're traveling. Um, So mobile apps, again, it allows seamless communication that if someone's calling a business extension or a direct phone number, the call is coming to the person's cell phone and it's actually appearing as their business call. So whereas, you you know, using an iPhone or an Android device, if you're simply forwarding phone numbers to a cell phone, you can still pick up that call, but you have no idea, is it, you know, a friend, is it a spam call, or is it an actual customer trying to reach you? So I think that's a really key use for the mobile app because it allows, in essence, true call handling as if you were using your desk phone. Um, So forwarding calls, dialing extensions, being able to conference in someone, 
um, putting someone to voicemail. So that's definitely a, a tool that many, many of our clients, even more than ever, obviously during this, are using. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, in today's world, fortunately, if we're looking at the silver lining in all of this, we have the infrastructure and we have companies like Recent Communications that can really support a quick transition, as you mentioned earlier, where you were able to to really jump up and, and come to the aid of your clients in these situations. Exactly. So let's talk about soft phones. What are PC-based soft phones and how do they work? And again, what are the best practices of using those? Absolutely. So a soft phone really is popping open your laptop or even a desktop computer, opening up a browser, logging into your phone system, and you're making and taking phone calls. Again, like a mobile app, it's like you're sitting at your desk. You have your extension. If you have a direct phone number, it's all managed through your computer. Um, we always will recommend having a nice headset, um, especially to drain out some of the background noise and have that clear quality. Um, but we have folks that will just, you know, open up their laptop in their workspace, in their office at home and, and be able to, again, connect to the Internet, log into their phone system. And there you are making and taking calls. Um, you know, I think, again, with a mobile app, keeping it such seamless continuity in business operations versus just simply forwarding to even your landline phone or a cell phone. You're able to use these tools as a true, you know, business phone system. Right. And that continues again to maintain that quality assurance that your clients come to expect so that there's no continuity issues, so to speak. Exactly. Now, how about business phone numbers? Obviously, business phone numbers are kind of intertwined with the last two, with the usage of mm -hmm. VoIP dialing services or things of that nature. But what types of services does RecentCom use to make sure that businesses are using business-appropriate phone numbers or, or specific business phone numbers? And in times like these, what are the best practices with those? Yeah, for sure. So for us, being a full-service telecom company, we're able to actually acquire phone numbers. So whether that's a local, you know, 610 number for this area here in Philadelphia, or it's a, a DC number or even a toll-free number, uh, we even have a lot of customers that, you know, they'll pop up what's called a vanity toll-free number. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, so I can name a, a couple, but it's basically having a toll-free number that maybe spells out a word that's in the name of your company or something that's a, a marketing campaign that people are easily able to remember. So for us, being able to acquire those new numbers, but also maintain those phone numbers. I always tell folks, like, no one would ever change who their phone service provider is, no matter how not supportive or not, so, you know, quality their, their solutions are, if they couldn't move their phone numbers from one provider to another. So that's something that we make sure, you know, Anytime we have an existing client or new client, um, we're understanding, hey, these phone numbers, clients, vendors, partners know, you can't, you can't just lose them. Um, so we're trying to even now during this, folks, a lot of companies will use just extension dialing. But now it's like, hey, how do I get clients and partners to reach my staff directly um, instead of having to go through, like we talked about, an automated attendant or receptionist? You know, we can pop up. 10-digit phone numbers and assign them to staff 
or specific department. Yeah, that's great. And that also adds to the value right now. And it's extremely valuable right now to have human contact to your point, right? To be able to get to a human on the other end of the phone when we're quarantined is almost of critical value. If you're talking to a computer, it's almost like, (laughs) why am I working with these people, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Even just for any human contact, right? Exactly. It's like, sure, you need support, but I just need to talk to somebody, right? Absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, right before we we jumped on to this, we had a little bit of a chat right before we started recording, and you and I were actually jokingly calling it a therapy session, right? <laughs> because exactly. <laughs> while we're recording this remotely, it's contact. just yeah, nice to have some contact. <laughs> exactly. How about call routing? Exactly. Call routing obviously seems like it would be a critical thing during these times to this whole point of getting mm-hmm. to a human, right? So what are some of the best practices exactly. and solutions that you use for call routing? Yeah, sure. So a lot of our clients, again, you know, depending on what their industry is and, and how they operate, a lot of times they will either have a live receptionist or, you know, administrator answering incoming phone calls, or they'll have calls ring directly to, again, an, an automated attendant, which provides those clear prompts for people to, you know, navigate the phone tree or phone system. So what we're doing a lot with our clients now is either changing what the messaging says for those automated attendants um, or changing how the calls are being routed. So maybe, you know, how they're set up now, calls coming into a specific phone number or extension are ringing, say, a group of five phones, let's just say, and they're, you know, part of the customer service team. Well, maybe they have a couple folks that, you know, whether they're not able to work right now for whatever reason or aren't working, we can redirect those calls to maybe just go to one person. And again, whether that's a business phone number, simply forwarding to a cell phone, or they're using a mobile app or a soft phone. Right. That makes sense. Now, how about audio and video conferencing? Mm-hmm. This is a huge one right now. I mean, we've all seen the memes yeah. where Zoom is behind the quarantine. And <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, I did see that. That was and, hilarious. <laughs> and there's some other, on the negative side of things, there are some other things floating around about, you know, hacking issues now with audio and Mm -hmm. video conferencing. There are people doing what's called bombing some of these video conferencing calls, sneaking into them, hacking into people's systems. So what are some of the solutions that you use at RecentCom? And again, what are the best practices for protecting the integrity of audio and video Mm -hmm. conferencing? And also just tangentially, maybe some tips uh, for people who are doing video conferencing. We've all seen now the the Mm -hmm. memes as well that are going around about you know, seeing what people's houses look like, Uh, jumping onto a Zoom call with business attire on the top half and PJs or uh, even more casual (laughs) attire on the bottom half, you know, maybe some of those best practices as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. So again, I continue to mention we're a full service telecom company, which really means that we don't just offer one thing, like all of our kind of bigger cloud and telecom companies that we compete against. They just offer one thing. For us, we're truly able to be agnostic to the platforms, the systems, and the solutions that we're offering our clients. Um, So that makes us able to be more consultative. So we have a lot of folks that will say, hey, you know, we're a Microsoft, we use Office 365, we're going to start to use Teams um, and use their video or audio conferencing. Um, I've had folks say, hey, you know, we're going to use freeconferencecalling.com. These tools are great. And, you know, we recommend those at some times, but we also offer as part of our platforms the ability to have audio and screen share web chat conferences 
along with um, video conferences as well. And so something that we always kind of talk about, even when, when we're not going through all this mess, is the ability to have, say, uh, a conference call bridge. So if you need more than three people to have a collaborative phone call, you know, sure, you're able to, you know, dial in and add people, send them an invite, and you can have 20, 30, 40, 100 people calling into a conference bridge. So that's a valuable service that we offer already to many of our clients, and they use that today, um, and they're using it more than ever. So again, they're trying to have a leadership meeting or a staff meeting that they usually have, you know, a couple times a month. Well, they need to still have those calls. So, you know, being able to provide that is definitely not only part of some of the platforms that we offer, but again, you know, we'll be consultative and say, you know what, hey, you need to have 20 or more people on a, a screen share, you know, webinar, use GoToMeeting, use Zoom, use Microsoft Teams. Um, so that's kind of from a solution standpoint, I think going to your kind of tips and best practices, uh, I'm not going to lie. I think I created a, a trending hashtag, business up top, comfy on the bottom, <laughs> two of those I've been using. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you know, let's keep the hashtag going during this time yeah. to try to lighten it. Um, yeah, I actually had a call last week. Again, I try to schedule calls strategically with my toddler uh, nap time or having my husband help out. But I had a call and I was kind of rushing around. <laughs> I literally, being completely candid, I had sweatpants on, slippers on. And then the top, I had a nice sweater. I did my hair and makeup. You had never idea that I was sitting there pretty comfy because you only saw the top half of my body. So awesome. I'm not going to say that's the best practice, but we know it's going on. So let's all be honest with ourselves <laughs> and give ourselves some grace. Like I continue to read these tips. It's like, you know what? We're all going through this. You know, you need to do what you have to do. But again, talking about tips and best practices, you know, making sure you're in a, a quiet workspace making sure that you have, you know, the connectivity. Everything we do, it's all about the connectivity. So if you're in an area that doesn't have very good internet, whether it's Wi-Fi, whether it's cell service, you know, that's going to be an issue, right? And and whose challenge is that? It's unfortunately, you know, the, the internet service providers that I'm sure they are busting their behinds to try to make sure people are able to, to stay connected. Um, but, you know, and then just making sure that you're giving yourself, you know, uh, an appropriate background. Um, I think Microsoft <laughs> right. Teams and Zoom, they allow some of the, you know, kind of make your own background, um, which is funny. But I know I've seen some of those videos that we were just laughing about. It's like people didn't know their camera was on or they have inappropriate things in the background. It's like, <laughs> okay, guys, let's, let's evaluate what's behind you, what's going on before you uh, log into that room, you know? Yeah, if nothing else, it's adding to the comedic value of the stressful time that we're <laughs> yeah. under, right? Um, yeah, that's really funny. Exactly. Another thing, another quick tip, though, just coming from a, you know, production mindset perspective is... To also yeah. have good lighting and to position your, whether it's your cell phone or your um, computer, your your webcam on a stable surface that's somewhere at or around your eye line or above. No one wants to look up your nose okay. and, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's more flattering also <laughs> if you have better light on your face and if you have a better angle, sort of a downward trajectory not way up, obviously, but sort of eye line around, forehead line around, and and 
toward you slash a little bit down, it actually makes you look a little bit more flattering and, and keeps your face in a normal human uh, um, uh, sort of proportion. And that that's helpful as well. But yeah, I, I mean, we've all seen, you know, the the sort of TV flicker light on your face or (laughs) (laughs) using the monitor as the only thing to light your face. And then if you're on your cell phone and you're walking around, you tend to, A, you tend to look around and look distracted, not great in a a business environment. And then also B, Mm -hmm. the phone movement around isn't, you know, it it can mess with people's, (laughs) um, you know, perception while, while things are moving around quickly in the background and stuff. So yeah, a couple, a couple of good ones there. Um, yeah, those are definitely good additions. I'm yeah. gonna add those to mine when I have my next video conference. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been adding, uh, we've been having um, Zoom calls with my family from Portugal and my family here because we're all keeping our distance. So on Sundays we started doing a family Zoom call just to kind of get together and see each other's faces and the hilarity of the stuff, oh, you know, just that. people positioning yeah, stuff in I'm a weird sure. way or like, you know, something happening in the background. It's just it's made for some good humor for sure. Um, you know, or or the That's classic hilarious. like sure the that. uh conference yeah. call bingo. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've been seeing that floating around on LinkedIn and social media. Yeah. So that's a good one. I'm yeah. gonna need to print one of those out and play. <laughs> it, you'll fill the boxes very quickly right now for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so how about that's call great. recording and real time coaching? First of all, what are the types of call recording solutions? And then what is real time coaching? What are the tools that you can use for real time coaching and how can they be beneficial? Yeah, I think um a couple of these, I know we have eight kind of solutions here, but I want to group together call recording and even real-time activity status, which is our eighth kind of solution listed, Mm -hmm. kind of group them together. Um, We're actually, I just kind of saw it come up. We were quoted in hrdailyadvisor.com, which is a, a publication that, you know, gets a lot of traffic, but it's all towards, you know, helping HR folks and leaders, and and especially during this time. Um, I was actually quoted in there talking about some of these employee, I want to say monitoring and coaching tools, which do include call recording. So being able to have calls recorded, even if someone is working from home, you know, leadership and management can be able to either real-time join that call and, and listen to what's going on between the two parties. Again, we're, we're not a law firm. This is where you might be able to help, Tony. But different states have different kind of rules to say, hey, you know, you usually hear that message. This call might be recorded for quality insurance purposes. So, yeah. In Pennsylvania, for example, each state, to your point, you're, you're correct that each state has its own laws with respect to call recording. And generally speaking, when you hear that message, a lot of time it's national organizations erring on the side of disclosing because in Pennsylvania, for mm-hmm. example, you have to have both parties consenting to a recording. So right. in Pennsylvania, for example, we certainly would agree with you that we would not advise clients to record anything, whether it's employees or whether it's customer calls or anything like that, or coaching sessions or anything without the permission of the other person on the other end. And we would even recommend going a step beyond that and recording live just to reiterate, mm-hmm. I'm on this call and we're recording it. You know, having it in your agreements and stuff, yes, that's helpful. But 
let's be practical, right? In, in a real context, in the real world, do you really want to have a dispute with someone that says, hey, you recorded this without my knowledge and you say, no, 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 you signed an employment agreement or a subcontractor right. agreement or whatever. When you were hired 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So it's, it's exactly. much better to just disclose and err on the side of caution. And just from a humanistic perspective, it's better, right? People appreciate that you're being honest Absolutely. about that. So yeah, go ahead, continue. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, I think it's definitely a good insight and good addition to it because again, like we, we provide the solutions and the technology tools. We're here to provide enough guidance based on what we know per the law, but also we say, Hey, you know, think, really think through the strategy. If you're going to record calls, whether it's for, you know, quality assurance and customer experience to make sure that you're, you know, you're listening to how your staff is talking to, you know, customers, but also we have folks that use it. Um, for coaching. So, you know, you have a new hire, the first few months, it's critical to make sure that they have the support needed to basically be properly trained and coached. So some of the tools we offer there um, is making sure that, again, the, the staff employee knows, hey, my manager is able to help me and truly enter this phone call with me while I'm on the phone with a customer or a partner or whoever and be able to listen and even provide like one-way feedback so that person on the other end doesn't even hear the manager or the leader talking to the staff saying, hey, you know, I would mention this, this, and this at, at, at a certain time during the conversation. So we've seen that extremely helpful. And again, ranging in industries, you know, a, a staffing firm, or even a, a company that has a call center or support staff that, you know, they're trying to learn as they go. And those tools are really, really important. Um, and it all fits into, I, I think I talked about on our, you know, episode 45 is making sure that when we talk about phone solutions and technology, that you're getting cross-functional leadership to weigh in. So this kind of, you know, staff hiring you know, training, supporting, that falls, yes, into some, you know, broad operations, but it also falls into HR. So again, excitedly to share that we were recently quoted in hrdailyadvisor.com and being able to provide the HR leadership community, hey, people sometimes almost forget that this technology is available and can truly help them not only better train their staff, but at the end of the day, provide the best customer experience. And and these tools are great for that. Yeah, great point. And just to kind of wrap up our legal discussion, I certainly don't want to turn this into any particular legal discussion. (laughs) No, it's important. Yeah. Legal disclaimer, this isn't legal advice. If you need advice or help with any of this, give us a call at Lopes Law LLC or email us at info at LopesLawLLC.com and we're happy to help. But in Pennsylvania, as we said, it is a two-party consent state which means generally that both parties to a private conversation need to be aware of and consent to the recording. Now, not all states are two-party states. As we said, some are one-party states. One-party consent states is what they're called. But in Pennsylvania, PA actually has a wiretap act, which can make it illegal to intercept, disclose, or use any recordings of a wire, electronic, or oral communication. So generally speaking, you want to be very careful because not only might you be subjecting yourself to some civil liability, but you might also actually be committing an illegal act inadvertently. Now, you know, if you record an employee's 
conversation. There may be some exceptions to that. But again, why not just disclose to make yourself very, very safe? And intentional disclosure, generally speaking, can even alleviate a lot of times criminal liability. Because if you intentionally disclose, and again, just record it, you're, you're going to be recording it anyway. So record the disclosure, right? right. That we're going to be recording this. Yeah. And we're going to use it for whatever purpose. Do you consent? They say yes. And now, generally speaking, you're safe. But, you know, you just want to be careful that you're not doing something um, that could cause some additional liability or risk, especially right now. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. No, I think those are great additions. And again, you know, going back to the idea of cross-functional, when you get into technology and now, you know, employee behavior, HR, I mean, you're, you do need to make sure from a legal standpoint standpoint that you're, you're covered. So I think those are, are great additions for sure. Right. And the last thing of the eight, since we combined recording and real-time activity status mm-hmm. is call reporting. Call reporting essentially yeah. allows business owners or management to have accurate data on call volume, talk time, telephone numbers that were called and received, et cetera. And then you can even get detailed call activity. And nowadays you can even probably get transcription. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that, but correct me if I'm wrong. So what are the useful things that you can do from a call reporting perspective and what are the best practices? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, call reporting is huge. I mean, again, our clients range in size and industry and how they operate and support their clients. So um, I always talk about how valuable this data is, um, whether it's real time, being able to have a, a leader or a manager look up at a dashboard and say, okay, I have 10 of my customer service agents or support staff or whatever department you're running. They're actively on phone calls. They've been on a phone call for, you know, three minutes. Um, some of these statistics Businesses actually have, you know, key performance indicators and metrics to say, hey, we want to make sure that clients are not on hold more than, say, 30 seconds, right? So there's specific statistics that can show on these call reports that say, okay, here's how long someone was waiting in a queue or waiting on hold. Here's how many people abandoned the call, meaning they were like, you know what, this, I don't have time for this. I'm hanging up. And whether that was an existing customer that's now frustrated or a new potential new customer that was going to call in and, and maybe purchase a product or service. That's, that's something that we talk about all the time is helping businesses and organizations evaluate their current customer's experience, but their goals, right? So call reporting is a huge one. Um, and whether that's, again, being able to see detailed activity for bettering uh, employment, uh, excuse me, employee productivity, but also bettering experiences of their customers. And at the end of the day, hopefully increase their bottom line and can truly support growth in a business. Right, exactly. And a lot of times also these tools now create more advanced opportunities because with all this data, you can then make some decisions to your point about maybe we need to shift mm-hmm. resources into Um, being more efficient on calls, like you said, call hold time, call wait time, all of those issues that could cause business interruption or cause issues down the line with your sales funnel, for lack of a better term, and even just for client Mm -hmm. relations, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have different, again, different companies and businesses that are utilizing this data as so critical to make decisions. To your point, are there peak times during a certain month? There's certain weeks or days where they're like, you know what, we need to have 
you know, 10 people answering incoming calls versus our typical five people, you know, so being able to truly make decisions based off of that data is, is really critical. Right. And your communication system also, you've talked about this before, but we'll touch on it now because it's also relevant, can be a useful tool in terms of employee retention, quite frankly, right? If you have efficient exactly. solutions in place, People are going to be willing to stay with you longer. They're going to have a better work-life balance anyways, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be able to stay with you longer. Mm -hmm. They're going to be happier, most likely, and your clients will be happier. So all around, you're really affecting all of the stakeholders that are relevant to your organization in an effective and efficient way. Absolutely. So let's talk about the HubSpot blog post that you posted on the recent communications blog as well that you linked to called Five Remote Work Myths to Leave Behind. And we'll go through each one of these five because I think they're really relevant, especially now. Um, I've heard a lot of friends and and colleagues and just people that, you know, I talk to on a regular basis saying, ha, finally, my employer can no longer say that we can't work efficiently remotely, right? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because this is obviously proving that things can continue to exist at least to some degree and in some specific areas, right? Exactly. This is a true test, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So the first one here is that remote employees are lazy and barely do work. So let's talk about that (laughs) myth and and what some of the communications tools you can use to make sure that you're, if you're really one of these micromanagers, that you can micromanage to your heart's content even remotely. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because I, I read a stat um, actually, it wasn't from HubSpot. It was from another publication. It was saying 70, 77% of remote employees say they're more productive when working from home. And I kind of, I did have to laugh out loud because I'm like, well, are they talking about even now when you have toddlers, dogs, pets, husbands, spouses, you know, I don't know how productive, you know, that that will remain, but I just thought it was kind of funny. But, you know, when people say, oh, you're not really, or quote unquote, working from home, you you can envision me doing the air quotes, like, oh, yeah, I'm working from home this Friday. I've seen that a lot. And even before I joined recent, I was at a, a, you know, Fortune 500 corporation, and my actual office was in Georgia, in Atlanta, and Atlanta, Georgia, and I worked remotely, probably, you know, 50 to 60% of the time. And the other time I was flying down to Atlanta. So, you know, I was working from home even before, you know, we are supporting people working from home. So I think that this is definitely a myth, but kind of bringing into the picture some actual technology and phone solutions that can, I don't want to use the word monitor employees. I think that comes off as a little bit negative, but when you're talking to, to business, yeah, when you're talking to business owners and leaders that need to make sure that their folks are actually truly, truly working from home. You know, there's some tools that we, we mentioned a little bit, but, you know, having someone log into their mobile app or a soft phone um, and being able to see, okay, they've, they've been on the phone. I can look down at a dashboard and, and see that next to their name, there is a, a red or green light. That means they're on an active call or even in like a Microsoft Teams where you can set your presence and status. There's some things that, you know, are quick, simple tools that, you know, you're able to kind of just gauge, you know, the productivity of your people. You know, it's a, it's a big thing that making sure that folks feel like they're valued and, and feel like they're being held accountable. But knowing that 
every now and again, you do need to have those, those tools for checks and balances. So I think that's a kind of a funny myth, but I think we'll all learn pretty quickly if it's a, a truth or a myth here with, with a lot of data points and a lot of people working from home. <laughs> right, exactly. How about remote employees as being lonely? Because remote employees don't work on a floor filled with cubicles and other employees. People often think that they don't like to, that they're introverted or that they aren't good team players or that they're not going to be uh, mm -hmm. a valuable addition to the team, that they're not going to be able to work effectively. This is all in that HubSpot blog post. But what, mm -hmm. are, what are the ways that you can combat that now? And I know you talked about some of these solutions in your other blog post and, and the solutions that we talked about previously, but what are some of the effective solutions that people can use, business owners can use to ensure that their teams are still collaborating while working remotely? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting one because, I mean, like we, again, joked about, we, we don't want to feel lonely. We want to be collaborative. We want to have a contact, even if it's over a, a video or a, a phone call. So I think something now more than ever are being able to join a video conference. And whether it's a strategic business topic or it's, I've seen a lot of people do like virtual happy hours, you know, whether it's with their colleagues or it's groups of friends and being able to use some of those tools like Zoom or GoToMeeting or Teams um, and even some of our solutions that we offer to, to pop up and do a video conference with colleagues or, you know, external folks. But yeah, I mean, it's making sure that people are still able to stay connected, but also shifting gears to business, be collaborative and, you know, still be able to hold conversations with with clients and with prospects, you know, we're all trying to continue to, to build our, our businesses and help people even during this, you know, wild and crazy time. I actually just had a, a video conference earlier in the week with someone, a business owner that we're, we're helping them actively say, Hey, you know, they don't have the tools that they really need to even go another 30 days of their staff completely working remotely. So how do we, you know, still provide them, solutions, but I'm not able to go and sit down and, and build, you know, that face-to-face -face connection. So definitely video, audio conferencing, and even, you know, web chatting and screen share is two other solutions that I would say are, are pretty good in this climate. To your point, I mean, we have so much at our disposal from an infrastructure perspective nowadays, whether it's software, whether it's actual infrastructure, whether it's the speed at which we connect to the internet nowadays. So really, there are creative ways. Like you said, you can do at work happy hours that are limited to the individuals. Mm -hmm. There are solutions, like you said, that you can use to effectively ensure that people are still engaging, that people are still making some form of contact. And, and there are useful ways to do team building activities even via remote work software. Yeah, absolutely. Another myth is that you'll have a way better work-life balance. I think this is one of those interesting dichotomies where employers and business owners versus their employees have two completely right. different views of this, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly. Frequently, exactly. they don't try to jump into each other's shoes to really see what the real situation is like. So what is your perspective, not picking a side, of course, but what's your perspective in terms of work-life <laughs> balance related to remote work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the work-life balance idea is pretty interesting. I mean, you know, 
I'm seeing tips and best practices all across. I mean, LinkedIn, you know, me, me and you, we, we do a lot of linking in um, and a lot of article reading and things like that. And people say, you know, a lot of times when people work from home, they're working more than if they're going to their office, you know, a nine to five, eight to six, whatever your, your time is, because they're coming, they're, they're in their workspace consistently. So, I mean, an example for me, even, you know, I am working from my kitchen table. Now, my husband, my dog, my toddler, I try to say, okay, at the end of the day, whether that's four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, I'm going to pretty much put away all of my, my work, you know, items. I'm going to put away my laptop. I'm going to put away my folders and, and things like that and try to clear that space for the next day. Now, we would all be, be lying to ourselves if we say we don't have our smartphones sitting on our laps 24-7, that you're checking your email feverishly, you're, you're checking your social media, you're doing all these things to make sure that you're, you're always connected. Um, again, there's pros and cons and, and opinions to that, but you know, this myth is interesting because for my own experience, I, I can say that I think I work more um, when nowadays when we're kind of forced to be at home. It's all there at your disposal to pop open your laptop and say, you know what, I, I forgot to do this or I'm going to do this tonight instead of tomorrow. And, you know, things kind of just never end. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting one. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually think that based on my experience, you know, occasionally working from home, I use a heavily remote format for my law practice and for the podcast. But I find that you're right, you end up doing more, not less, you end up doing more, not less, you really end up in a situation where you you almost can't get away from the work in a weird way, right? Sometimes it actually creates a worse work life balance, because you can't really leave work at work, <laughs> for lack of right. a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Turning it off or disconnecting, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's always there. It's in your laptop now or wherever it is, you know, even on your phone. It's just in so many places that you can't really disconnect, like you said. The fourth one is you can't be a people manager if you're remote. Now, this one kind of ties back to the first two that remote employees are lazy and barely do work and that remote employees are generally loners or introverts or whatever term you want to use. Mm -hmm. What are some of the solutions? I know we touched on them so we can kind of just go through this one a little bit quicker, but you know, in this mm -hmm. blog post, it says that actually a large chunk of more than 300 person remote workforces is sometimes made up of mid to high level managers and they find that they're able to be successful. And I've worked for organizations back in my corporate life that did a lot of remote work and it seemed to be very efficient. There are monitoring tools, as we said, that mm -hmm. you can use. There are ways to connect with people for meetings. There are ways to, to document, share using either like a Google Drive, a Dropbox, something along those lines, where you can literally collaborate and work on a document at the same time even, right? Like Google Drive, for example. Right. So what are some of the right. solutions that you use and how do you feel about this myth? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because I, I mean, I disagree. So I think it's a good myth to, to call out. Again, this is from a HubSpot article. I'm, I'm a big fan of HubSpot. So that's why we kind of bring it into this conversation. But I think it's important to to use all the technology tools that you can, like we talk about, you know, video conferencing, audio conferencing, being able to truly connect. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all really feeling and will continue to feel there's nothing like that 
that true in-person contact. So, you know, I've had managers and leaders and even myself managing remote teams where, you know, you still need to make sure that whether it's, you know, bi-monthly, quarterly, whatever that looks like, be able to truly meet in person. Um, but technology surely helps all that continue to, to stay in front of your team and have collaboration, even if you're several states, if not countries apart. Right, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Now, the last one is you'll have plenty of time for self-care if you work remotely. This kind of ties in again to that last one where, um, you know, if you're working remotely, I don't know that you're actually going to have a lot of time to get away. I I, I do find, and I, I think we generally agree that people are actually way more productive when they're working remotely. They do more work and they're more committed to their work mm-hmm. and almost extend the workday in a very interesting way. And from a mental health perspective, right. generally speaking, taking more breaks and just extending your workday, presuming that you're not dropping the ball on anything or anything like that is actually better, right. I think, right. and is going to make for more productive work. But anyways, how do you feel about this one in particular? Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting myth. Again, a lot of these are the top five that HubSpot talks about are pretty spot on that whether people have thought about that. I've talked to people and and say, yeah, you know, I guess I agree. Um, You know, the self-care one is funny because, you know, I know that I've worked out at lunchtime and then, you know, when I get back to my, you know, home office, I'm eating a salad or eating my lunch while I'm doing work. So using that time for some self-care is, has definitely happened. But then on the flip side, I've, I've experienced and even my staff and my former corporate life, you know, sometimes you're just, you're getting up, you're getting, you know, maybe you're getting showered, maybe you're putting on professional attire, or you're just getting right to your laptop, getting right on the phone and starting your day and pretty much, you know, cranking out work and staying connected. So I've seen it definitely on both sides. Um, but it's interesting even talking to our, our clients and customers that have folks that have an entire remote work staff, even before this, you know, COVID-19 crisis. You know, they're able to run, truly seamlessly run their business with staff all across the U.S., if not internationally. So um, it makes me think of a an office episode. You know, we have <laughs> Dwight and Jim and he, Dwight claims that he doesn't take any personal time and Jim kind of times them every yawn, every bathroom break. And he's like, hey, yes, you do. So that's just kind of, you know, a funny thing. But yeah, it's an interesting myth. And I think it all depends on how people are, you know, your mindset, especially during all of this, you know, you need to allow yourself, you know, sometimes to, to take care of, you know, maybe it's working out or going for a walk or, or spending a few minutes with your child who's doing virtual schooling or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the episode, for giving us all of this advice and best practices in terms of how to operate efficiently remotely. Is there anything else that you want to add that maybe we haven't covered yet? No, I think we talked a a lot about it, but I think, you know, we're all trying to stay super positive um, and we're going to get through this together. And I just, you know, I talk to our team and I say, you know, from a standpoint of bringing on new customers and new business, it's more about providing folks, you know, education and help and tips to say, hey, you know, we're here to help now and in the future. And it's going to give businesses a lot to think of when they talk about disaster strategies and business continuity strategies. And do they have the right model? Do they have the right technologies in place for if and when something like this does happen again, you know? So I think that's going to be an important next step 
after we kind of all clear through this. Right. Exactly. Okay, Charlotte, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Where can people reach out to you and to recent communications if they need additional help or have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check out our website, www.recentcom.com. And then, you know, send me an email specifically. I'm at cconroy at recentcom.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. So love to connect with folks and, you know, just be there to help. Awesome. Thank you very much. Charlotte, continue to stay healthy, stay safe and stay indoors. Most importantly, we can get through this together, but we're glad that we have people and organizations like you and recent communications to support us through this already trying time. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so much. Looking forward to to connecting again soon. Yeah, in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Awesome, Charlotte. Thanks very much. You too.